Live from Omicron Percy I-8, this is Futuramapedia. Futurama Podcast. I'm Steve Gower. I'm Mike Marisarell. Glad to be here with you folks today. Yeah, very nice. And uh, today's podcast, we've got a couple of things to cover off. Uh, we're going to be talking about Fry and the Slurm Factory. And we also have some Futurama news, so we might as well just get right into that. And Mike, you've got some stuff to cover off. Well, something interesting they had uh, presented by Comedy Central is the had a live chat July 11th and it was pretty neat it was with executive producers Matt Groening and David X. Cohen and also cast members Billy West, John DiMaggio, Maurice LaMarche. So they took part in a half hour chat which followed the airing of the episode Zap Dingbat and they talked about the episode which featured guest star George Takei and also answered fan questions and preview the upcoming episode, The Butter Junk Effect. That's cool. I like that they did a live chat. I mean, not many show creators do that these days. It's mm -hmm. a nice way to reach out to fans. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's also something else there you have uh, that's new for future. Yes, Emma. there's a new app. Well, it's newish in the last few months. Uh, it's a Futurama Head in a Jar app available on iTunes for your iPods. And you can actually, it lets you create your very own head in a jar. So you can add a giant cyclops eye or class things up with gleaming robot antenna. And remember, it's not the size that counts, it's what you do with it. Well, Nelly Furtado would not agree with that. <laughs> and you can also use a bunch of, uh, according to their, some uh, there, right above it, a dizzying assortment of human, alien, and robot features. The possibilities are literally finite. <laughs> I like that line there. It's, it's definitely yeah, the Futurama humor. Definitely. The possibilities are literally finite. <laughs> you think you should tell that to your children when they're growing yeah. up. Hey, little Susie, guess what? You can do almost anything in the world. Your possibilities are literally finite. Uh, now, yeah, I, I could see you tried to tell that to your to your niece, and she'll just come back and say, No, Mike. So that's it for the news. So, good news, everyone. <laughs> Wimmy, wham, wham, wazzle, let's party! Uh, all right, so moving along, uh, we decided we'd talk about uh, one of our favorite episodes. This is actually also from season one. Uh, this is the last episode of season one. Uh, it is Fry and the Slurm Factory. Yes, and the synopsis according to 20th Century Fox is Fry opens a slurm beverage container bearing the golden bottle cap and wins a tour of the slurm factory, a la Willy Wonka, to see how the world's most deliciously addictive soft drink is made. Wandering off from the tour, Fry is horrified when he accidentally discovers the top secret ingredient that makes slurm so impossible to resist. 
All right, so Steve, how did you feel about the story? Uh, well, I thought it was it was a fairly typical Futurama episode, and actually pretty much followed the structure of Willy Wonka and uh, the Chocolate Factory. Am I getting that right? Yes. I never remember the name of that because I associated it with the book, but that's another matter. Um, so a no a whole other bag of yeah. potatoes. Um, you know, it's it's a the typical story's got their their setup, which is actually quite an extended setup for the amount of time that they actually spend at the Slurm factory, which is what the last ten fifteen minutes of the episode. Yeah, the setup is about at least a third. Yeah, and it's a good setup though. Uh, I like especially the F Ray um, Bender going Bender and Fry going wrong. You know, make sure that it doesn't land in the wrong hands. That's what the professor says, and he hands it straight to Fry and Bender. Yeah. Which is probably the worst possible hands. Why is it an, an F-ray? It's because X-ray, you can't see through metal? Yeah. Um, I forget the exact explanation from the episode, but F-ray basically yeah. goes through everything and, and hurts everybody around if you're not uh, in a protective suit. Yeah. Which has to be decontaminated right after. I call this the F-ray. It's like an X-ray, only it allows you to see through anything, even metal. Um, it's pretty much a flashlight that can see through anything. So yeah. it's it's a pretty handy because it it's them, portable. Yeah, and it helps them win the 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 Slurm contest, which lets them go see uh, Glurmo in the Slurm factory. Uh, just a couple of things I had for for notes is just that uh, it, this episode really reinforces the writer's uh, preference to kind of poke fun at the the whole storytelling convention itself, like. Um, in another episode, Leela says, if only I had two or three minutes to think about this, then they go straight to a commercial break. And in this one, it has one of my favorite lines, uh, where they introduce the F-ray. Um, the professor says, this is actually a flimsy pretext to try out my latest invention, which, you know, sets off the whole episode, basically. So yeah, it's a storytelling device. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they definitely poke fun at him. Yeah. Uh, other, other than that, I also felt that this was probably one of the grossest Futurama episodes, if not the grossest episode ever. Why um, do you feel that it's gross? Well, there there seem to be a lot of uh, elements that like are tr they're trying to to gross out the viewer, um, or scenes where where Fry basically you know he realizes how gross Slurm is, and then he spits out his drink, and then he goes. He like forgets a second later and keeps drinking and yeah. that kind of thing. But then there was also what you deem to be the grossest moment. The grossest moment I found was when uh, it's kind of two parts. So when you figure out, okay, so now this is the spoiler part. So Slurm is composed of a secret ingredient. And as we have discussed, uh, just going back to our first podcast we discussed that this is for future am fans so of course you've seen this episode and well this episode is like 10 years old so i hope people have seen it well some some of our podcast fans may be new to the future ammo <laughs> world so anyway so you're not it's no Hit big pause story. and then watch the episode and then come back now you're good <laughs> uh okay so the secret ingredient turns out to be from uh they're on the planet Wormulon, and they have a queen, and she's pretty much this big, gross slug. The size of a Volkswagen. The secret ingredient of Slurm 
is actually only one ingredient, and it is this green goo that she produces, and it comes out of her body. Where specifically uh, from her body, Michael? Her end. We need to be specific here. We're spoiling it. It. How about it? It doesn't come <laughs> from her mouth. It comes from her end. That looks like a sphincter. Kind of looks like the you know if you like go to McDonald's and get a milkshake the little the spout the spout oh, part they have yeah, that yeah, your yeah. your goo comes out of. Now that's gross enough. So are you yeah. sure that's not the grossest moment? Yeah. Now do you want to go get a milkshake, listeners? <laughs> Think about that next time you go get a shake. So, okay, so, but that wasn't the gross part. The gross part was in a couple of stages because then that's introduced and then later on in the episode uh, when they're trying to punish them and she makes super slurm and has Fry drink it with the idea being you drink and drink and drink it so good that he'll explode. Uh, and she makes this grunting sound, just the, a real... And, uh, that was kind of gross. And it was great by Tress McNeil because she really sold that part. And then the third part was when, at uh, the end, when she's defeated and in kind of a depressed state, she soothes herself by drinking her own slurm. Well, it straight. is highly addictive. <laughs> and she drinks it straight from the source. So she actually puts her butt in her own mouth. Well, really, though, is that any different than if she drank a can of Slurm? Yes, it is different. (laughs) That's processed. No, it's not. We just said that it's it's straight from from the queen into the can. Yeah, but it tastes better out of a can. It's like the bottle versus the can. I thought it was the, the bottle tastes better than the can. I prefer the can. Whatever has more in it, that's usually the can. Mm. Well, regardless, it's cold when you drink Slurm out of a can. And when it's when fresh, it's, fresh it's, it's still warm. It's still warm, according to Fry. Oh, that was kind of gross to you, actually. See, there's that's it's kind of supporting my theory of uh, grossest episode ever. It's the end of the line. This must be where they put in the secret ingredient. Oh, whatever it is, it's even better fresh. Mmm. Still warm. Why don't we talk about uh, one of the jokes related to Slurm, which was uh, um, we were talking about the end, the the battle, so so to speak, uh, when they try to submerge Leela into the royal Slurm to create new Slurm. Right. And of course, uh, that whole ploy that they want to introduce new Slurm. And then everybody will hate it because it tastes terrible. And uh, and then, uh, of course, they bring Slurm Classic. And it'll make billions. And it'll make billions. Yeah. And uh, a clear reference to Coca-Cola. Yeah, New Coke. New and Coke. And Coca-Cola Classic. And it, it tanked. They brought back Classic. Yeah. It's, del- oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it is pretty good. It's, that, high, it's highly addictive. That reminded me, though, speaking of jokes... Uh, one of the one of the on-screen gags, uh, unless you want to go something else, I was going to go to three D Scrabble. Yep. Yeah. One of the on-screen gags early in the episode was uh, uh, the professor and Leela were playing three D Scrabble, and this I had just sort of missed, but uh, Mike, you picked up on it. 
Uh, why don't you explain a little what we're talking about with 3D Scrabble? 3D Scrabble, yeah, it's a very quick joke. And uh, basically in the episode, uh, Fry and Bender are trying to win that, that tour, uh, and they hadn't won yet, but they had won a whole bunch of other prizes, and they come in, and Fry and Leela are asking, or Fry and Leela and the professor are asking, uh, if they won and they said all oh, this crap and so when they're asking them that they're playing a, a game and it is 3D Scrabble we can cut that if you don't like it so basically 3D Scrabble is how it sounds there's four boards I have a little picture of it here we'll put that online somewhere yeah uh, so but what is it uh, what it's four boards but it kind of has a visual uh, look to it and it's similar to the 3d chess right from star trek yeah. and uh so the neat thing is if you're watching it on your dvd you can pause it uh, to see what letters actually spell out everything and uh, a couple of funny things uh you can see the professor's pieces and he has an f u u t a m and an r and it's just missing another A, which would, of course, spell out Futurama. And uh, and then some of the other words. Uh, I'll start backwards from. Uh, Emu. Basically, from bottom to top. Okay. So and some of the words on the board worth the points are Emu One Donuts, and that just made me think of The Simpsons. I love Matt Greening. Prop. Which I confuse for dupe, democratic you, you owner of plan. You can see that there's, there's Drop. a P, though. Or poop. Yeah, you can it's see the close. P. Also, Matt. And the best part was one I, and they intersect. Yeah. Well, Lila, poking see, fun at Leela. Yeah, and you, you could probably see them both playing that kind of word. Like, you're sitting down with a friend, playing, playing Scrabble. Play, you know... Words that they think of off the top of your head. Well, that's the interesting thing about Scrabble is that it's such a quick, intense game. Could you it's actually? Quick. <laughs> it's so quick that would you, wouldn't you want to play 3D Scrabble? It's so quick that wouldn't you want to play 3D Scrabble? Uh, yeah. With four boards. That actually, uh, we were. That's four about times that. the amount of Scrabble boards. Now. From the from the uh, the gag on on the episode, it it looks like they're playing on four separate boards. But we were kind of wondering, like, how would four Scrabble boards, like three D Scrabble, actually work? And mm -hmm. what is it? We thought that maybe you would start in the middle board, and all the the letters on the surrounding boards would have to connect some way to that yeah. middle board. Yeah, it's kind of an extension of the board making a bigger board but then there should be more elements to that so maybe you can play not only horizontally uh Did you play i guess diagonally? i would say uh you could play diagonally or up from letters it's it's oh. hard to picture that when you're listening to this uh if you know what i mean i, I so think so like, you have you have your board and it says uh, i can't explain that. oh i think i get it so like let's say you have on the top one you have I, I can't think of a word that would be really long, but maybe, like, Hippop what's the max? Hippopotamus. Oh, there we go. You can't make hippopotamus on, 
in regular Scrabble. There's too many letters. You can only make... Hippo? Yeah, but I think there's a max number of letters that you for a word that you can make. So I guess you, you could make a really, really long word spanning from one board to another, to another, to another, right? Is yes. Are you thinking? No. Oh. But that is a good thought. No, what I'm trying to say is that actually make Scrabble 3D. So when you're looking at your board, uh, you know, you have, as they say, one and then I. And then you could take, let's say, that Y and you move upwards. Oh, oh so actually go to three-dimensional. Actually use three yeah, dimensions. Yeah, because we're calling this 3D Scrabble, but it's not really 3D. It's just... Four boards. Why don't we call it Space Scrabble? It'd be like Space Chess. I don't know why they even call it 3D Chess in Star Trek. But anyway, um, that's if, we just figured it out. Yeah, I wonder if uh, we we have. I'm sure between the two of us, we have enough boards. We could try setting this up. We'd have to get like some sort of stands for each of them. But I wonder if someone's actually done that. I just thought it just occurred to me. What if someone out there on the internet? actually has done the Futurama yeah. 3D Scrabble. Only people on the internet. Yeah, if they haven't, if someone hasn't come up with the 3D Scrabble, they should. Like, they've already come up with the Futuropoly, the Futurama version of Monopoly, so that would be kind of a, another cool tie-in that, although it might be a little obscure, mm -hmm. just the one, one, we've probably spent more time talking about the gag than it was actually on screen. Definitely. But, uh, that, and that's the funny thing about Futurama gags, is that you can watch the show over and over and over again and always find something new. Yeah, and I had forgotten about that. And actually, there are lots of background jokes in this episode in particular, uh, besides this 3D Scrabble. Uh, I know you had uh, you had one of them. Uh, yeah, one of the back... I, I always love the signs and alien language and the translations. And in Dr. Zoybird's zoidberg's medical office uh he has an eye chart written in alien alienese and it says no squinting your eyes uh because that would ruin your classes prescription one of the other jokes wasn't really background but it was you know kind of counts but uh their contest rules for the slurm factory tour was uh uh well they played this really fast, so you'd have to really uh, slow it down to catch it. But um, in English, they put that employees of Slurm are eligible to win and probably will. And then they also had, in the alien language, uh, I forget exactly what, but in the commentary they said it translated something about uh, a whole bunch of uh, alien races not being eligible to win. And um, yeah, Especially and, when it's written in alienese. Yeah. yeah. And... The the part that I found funny was just the odds, uh, something about like, are there the odds are mathematically insignificant? And Fry's like, I like those odds. <laughs> At least they're honest. This episode brought to you by Soylent Cola. It varies from person to person. We've got a friendly warning for you. Grunk-a-lunk-a-dunk-a-dee-dasis The secret of slurms on a need-to-know basis 
asking questions in school is a great way to learn. If you try that stuff here, you might get your legs broke. We once found a dead guy face down in the slum. It could easily happen again to you folks. So keep your head down and keep your mouth shut. Oh, mama. Hold still, sexy lady. <gasps> What's wrong? That's no lady. Damn, Chica. One more upgrade and I'll be more lady than you can handle. Why you so stupid, stupid? Hey, bite my shiny metal ass. You couldn't afford it, honey. This is uh, a parody episode, uh, obviously, and it, I mean, Futurama's done a lot of parodies. But this is the most blatant parody I think that they've done. So how do you feel, Mike? Because this is one of your favorite movies. How does it compare to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Uh, it was quite enjoyable. Uh, of course, I think uh, their use of color was quite nice. It's true. Uh, but kind of seriously, like you know, you watch Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and it it looks like it's animated, but yeah. it's not. You know, of course, there's differences uh, with time allotment, and uh, one of them is that they didn't kind of pick off the contestants one at a time. I think that's that's allowable, though, as you mentioned, the mm -hmm. time constraints. Yeah, I really like what they did with with Willy Wonka, their their Slurm adaptation of him. Glermo. Glermo, which some trivia about Glermo is that apparently his name was originally to have been slurmy slanka it's a bit too obvious though i think like a bit too much of a stretch for a parody mm -hmm. and uh but i think it was voiced wonderfully by billy west yeah he had that kind of eccentric twinge to his to his voice did he, he i thought i mean i'm not as familiar with the willy wonka movie but he sounded like uh Willy Wonka a little bit, didn't he? Yeah, a little bit. Like like the Gene Wilder yeah. Willy Wonka. I was yeah, that, I meant to say Gene Wilder, but I was I could only think of Billy Wilder, which was a director and someone completely different. But anyway, Bill D, Billy, Billy West Billy Wilder. No, Billy Wilder is actually a person. Uh the other slightly interesting thing is is in the title because there's that debate over the film adaptation being Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, whereas of course it's based on the Royal Doll book, which is Charlie and Charlie, the Chocolate, yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and it was kind of a promotional thing between uh, that the they use the candy that they use Willy Wonka, and then so when people talk about the films, it's Willy Wonka or is it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Chocolate Factory, and they got quite heated. Yeah, I've seen people throw punches over this. They've thrown down in the streets. Anyways, well, my point... I was just going to say, that's how you tell the difference between Tim Burton and the uh, original Willy Wonka. Because the title. Your point is... <laughs> that made no sense. My point... That didn't make sense. And, and yeah. See? <laughs> You're on the right side. And so, in the actual episode title, it's Fry in the Slurm Factory. Which would be true to the adaptation of the book by Roald Dahl. But, yeah, but if they were going to do... Otherwise, they would call it... Glermo. Glermo and the Slurm Factor. Who's Glermo? We don't yeah, know. I, Fry makes more sense. That's a good choice there. Not until you watch it. Yeah, so well done on that. Uh, something else 
about parodies is uh, on the actual DVD case for the episode. There's four episodes, and Steve oh, yeah. noticed something interesting. Um, yeah, well, this one, this episode was a direct parody, of course, but there's actually uh, three other parodies on the same disc, and one was uh, A Flight to Remember, which is a Titanic parody. I guess that one is also a direct parody, but uh, Mars University was basically a parody of every university movie and call it and animal show. house yeah animal house was the biggest one robot house <laughs> um and well actually i won't go too far into it but well, now i will though um i watched goodwill hunting over the weekend uh i hadn't seen it in full and anyways that's a separate I've never thought. seen it in full no i've seen bits and pieces in like music class and see so you saw goodwill hunt yeah Pretty much didn't finish see him uh, present tense hunting. I think the only part I saw was when he was solving the equations on the chalkboard. That's like at the beginning of the movie. Did you see the sequel? Goodwill Hunted? <laughs> no, I did not. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so in Mars University, there's a scene where uh, the monkey is. Does the monkey have a name? Oh, yeah, Gunther. Gunther. I just watched Mars University today, actually, and there's a scene where uh, he goes up to Fry. Uh, he's behind a pane of glass, like Fry's eating in a restaurant or something. He's on a date with yeah. a girl. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so Gunther gets the phone number of this girl, and so he goes to Fry and says, "Do you like these? Do you like bananas? And he says, how do you like these bananas? I got her number." And that's pretty much a scene directly from Goodwill Hunting, and I had not realized that until uh, just. This weekend um and then the other parody on that episode is uh episode 12 when aliens attack um the parody is basically a you know ally mcbeal or any lawyer tv show single female lawyer is the show on futurama single female lawyer can you sing the theme song isn't that it actually having lots of sex Something that's Bender's like that. version right um uh, so yeah I, I mean futurama loves to do parodies and like Obviously, they have lots to choose from, but I just thought it was kind of neat that that those last four episodes of season one were all, you know, riddled with parodies, not phlebitis. Um, all right, so I think that's uh, about the end end of the podcast. Uh, I I actually f- forgot to write in our uh, in our little agenda here. Uh, we were going to talk about briefly. I think uh, Bender. One of the nice touches in the episode is when Bender is sick at the beginning and he's cured, uh, his color kind of brightens up. <laughs> That's okay. I don't think it made any noise. Um, but that's something that I didn't notice until I watched the episode with the commentary. So I think there's a lot of stuff like that in Futurama episodes that uh, makes me glad that we're doing this podcast because... I didn't pay close attention before. Good on you. Fun fact, Slurms McKenzie is a reference to Spuds McKenzie, which is a former Budweiser advertising mascot, uh, who's a dog. And, of course, that was parodied by The Simpsons with Suds McDuff. See, Suds McDuff makes more sense than Spuds McKenzie. Same thing with Slurms McKenzie. Like, what, what does Spuds have to do with Budweiser? What does Spuds have to do with... Is it because it rhymes with bud? Yeah. 
But they could, they should have called it Suds McKenzie. The Simpsons did better than yeah, that's what because I'm saying. Suds, yeah, let's drink some Suds. <laughs> okay, so we're at the end of the podcast, I guess. Uh, we'll just wrap it up like we did last time. Uh, what, uh, Mike? What did you think was the funniest joke or best line, whatever? What made you laugh in this episode? Uh, I have a funniest moment and a best line. All right. So, and they both made me laugh. So, my funniest moment was when they were talking about, you know, the ingredients and what goes into it. And they talk about it's sp- uh, glacial spring water made from their glacial spring water generator, yeah. which is actually <laughs> just an oompa I mean, grungalunga, pulling on a pump. One vat of H2 and another vat of O. Nice. H2. That's water, by yep. the way. O and H2 makes OH2. You think that's a comment on the fact that bottled water is just tap water? It's not tap water. It's made from glaciers. From yes. their glacier that's, water generator. It's quite astute. Which is a tap. And then my best line. <laughs> and my favorite line from that was uh, when Leela asks the queen worm. Uh, how can you force someone to drink something from your behind? And she responds quite logically, a quite sound logical argument. Well, honey comes from a bee's behind, and milk comes from a cow's behind, and toothpaste, what about toothpaste? You don't want to know about it. <laughs> how can you trick people into drinking something that comes out of your behind? It's disgusting. Is it? Honey comes from a bee's behind, milk comes from a cow's behind, and have you ever used toothpaste? Whose behind does that come from? You don't want to know. So where, where does toothpaste come from? I don't know. Yeah. Where do you think toothpaste comes from? Well, my thoughts would have been a lot of artificial ingredients, but uh, now I'm Sugar. Toothpaste sugar. is made of sugar. That's how they get kids to brush their teeth. And what was... Your favorite funniest um, well, bit, Steve. I, yeah, you know what? I've got, I've got two. I, I already went with. I already said my favorite line of the episode, uh, which was earlier when the professor said uh, that you know this is just a flimsy pretext to try out my latest invention, which is usually pretty much every setup for any of the professor's inventions. But I, I don't know. I, I thought that was my the best line of the episode for me. Um, but if we're gonna go with. Uh, with a moment, I guess it'd be when uh, Fry, Leela, and Bender get uh, flushed down the drain there in that uh, fake slurm pool. They find out that it's fake. They see two doors, and one says real factory, one says fake factory. And just that gag by itself, I kind of thought that was pretty cool. I yeah. like that one. Got that a little chuckle out of me. A slight chuckle. Well, that's it for the podcast today. Um, I, I think, uh, well, we have some top. We haven't planned out exactly what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks, but uh, some uh, stuff we were thinking of, uh, type of learns ball. Yeah, perfect time when it's, it's summer. Right in the middle of baseball season. It's not baseball, it's learns ball. Uh, ball. Also, uh, from one of our fans, our fan has requested uh, an episode on the when the, brain, the brains attack, uh, the day the earth stood stupid. Is it stupid with two O's? Who knows? We'll watch it. What find else? Out. What else? Uh, and we're also going to tackle the very serious topic of alcoholism in robots. 
or non-alcoholism or, in robots. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for listening. I'm Steve Gower. I'm Mike Mercer. We'll see you next time. Your studio is is riddled with spiders. Is that one behind you? No, is that, that just a mark? That is a mosquito that I killed just tonight. Hey, there's a great invention. It's called uh, a cloth spider. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, climbing across the wall of the studio. Steve should get get his dog to eat the spider. Look out! Uh, hey, what was that hit single by Celine Dion in Titanic? Um, something about her heart will go on. It is. It. My heart will go on for you now. And then I don't think Leonardo that's how it goes. I just blew on your paper. Uh, don't blow so hard. <laughs> don't put that in the back. No, I'm not going to joke real. That would fit in with the grossest episode ever, though. <laughs> so we're just gonna blow our noses the whole time as an homage to the grossest episode ever. Lemmy Wazzle.